Eat you take a nap until the tortoise should catch up. The tortoise meanwhile kept going slowly but steadily, and, after a time, passed the place where the hare was sleeping. But the hare slept on very peacefully, and when at last he did wake up, the tortoise was near the goal. The hare now ran his swiftest, but he could not overtake the tortoise in time. The race is not always to the swift. The bees and wasps, and the hornet a store of honey had been found in a hollow tree, and the wasps declared positively that it belonged to them. The bees were just as sure that the treasure was theirs. The argument grew very blunt, and it looked as if the affair could not be settled without a battle. When at last, with much good sense, they agreed to let a judge decide the matter. So they brought the case before the hornet, justice of the peace in that part of the woods. When the judge called the case, witnesses declared that they had seen certain winged creatures in the neighborhood of the hollow tree, who hummed loudly, and whose bodies were striped, yellow and black, like these. Counsel for the wasps immediately insisted that this description fitted his clients exactly. Such evidence did not help Judge Hornet to any decision, so he adjourned court for six weeks to give him time to think it over. When the case came up again, both sides had a large number of witnesses, and Ed was first to take the stand, and was about to be cross-examined, when a wise old bee addressed the court. Your Honor, he said, the case has now been pending for six weeks. If it is not decided soon, the honey will not be fit for anything. I move that the bees and the wasps be both instructed to build a honeycomb. Then we shall soon see to whom the honey really belongs. The wasps protested loudly. Wise Judge Hornet quickly understood why they did so. They knew they could not build a honeycomb and fill it with honey. It is clear, said the judge, who made the comb and who could not have made it. The honey belongs to the bees. Ability proves itself by deeds. The lark and her young ones the lark made her nest in a field of young wheat. As the days passed, the wheat stalks grew tall and the young birds, too, grew in strength. Then one day, when the ripe golden grain waved in the breeze, the farmer and his son came into the field. This wheat is now ready for reaping, said the farmer. We must call in our neighbors and friends to help us harvest it. The young larks in their nest close by were much frightened for they knew they would be in great danger if they did not leave the nest before the reapers came. When the mother lark returned with food for them, they told her what they had heard. Do not be frightened, children, said the mother lark. If the farmer said he would call in his neighbors and friends to help him do his work, this wheat will not be reaped for a while yet. A few days later, the wheat was so ripe, that when the wind shook the stalks, a hail of wheat grains came rustling down on the young lark's heads. If this wheat is not harvested at once, said the farmer, we shall lose half the crop. We cannot wait any longer for help from our friends. Tomorrow we must set to work, ourselves. When the young larks told their mother what they had heard that day, she said, then we must be off at once. When a man decides to do his own work and not depend on anyone else, then you may be sure there will be no more delay. There was much fluttering and trying out of wings that afternoon. And at sunrise next day, when the farmer and his son cut down the grain, they found an empty nest. Self-help is the best help. The cat and the old rat there was once a cat who was so watchful, that a mouse hardly dared show the tip of his whiskers for fear of being eaten alive. That cat seemed to be everywhere at once with his claws all ready for a pounce. At last the mice kept so closely to their dens, that the cat thought he would have to use his wits well to catch one. So one day he climbed up on a shelf and hung from it, head downward, as if he were dead, holding himself up by clinging to some ropes with one paw. 
when the mice peeped out and saw him in that position, they thought he had been hung up there in punishment for some misdeed. Very timidly at first they stuck out their heads and sniffed about carefully, but as nothing stirred, all trooped joyfully out to celebrate the death of the cat. Just then the cat let go his hold, and before the mice recovered from their surprise, he had made an end of three or four. Now the mice kept more strictly at home than ever, but the cat, who was still hungry for mice, knew more tricks than one. Rolling himself in flour until he was covered completely, he lay down in the flour bin, with one eye open for the mice. Sure enough, the mice soon began to come out. To the cat it was almost as if he already had a plump young mouse under his claws, when an old rat, who had had much experience with cats and traps, and had even lost a part of his tail to pay for it, sat up at a safe distance from a hole in the wall where he lived. Take care, he cried, that may be a heap of meal, but it looks to me very much like the cat. Whatever it island it is wisest to keep at a safe distance, the wise do not let themselves be tricked a second time. The fox and the crow one bright morning as the fox was following his sharp nose through the wood in search of a bite to eat, he saw a crow on the limb of a tree overhead. This was by no means the first crow the fox had ever seen. What caught his attention this time and made him stop for a second look, was that the lucky crow held a bit of cheese in her beak. No need to search any farther, thought sly master fox. Here is a dainty bite for my breakfast. Up he trotted to the foot of the tree in which the crow was sitting and looking up admiringly, he cried, Good morning, beautiful creature, the crow, her head copped on one side, watched the fox suspiciously, but she kept her beak tightly closed on the cheese and did not return his greeting, What a charming creature she is, said the fox, how her feathers shine, what a beautiful form and what splendid wings, such a wonderful bird should have a very lovely voice, since everything else about her is so perfect, could she sing just one song, I know I should hail her queen of birds, listening to these flattering words, the crow forgot all her suspicion, and also her breakfast, she wanted very much to be called queen of birds, so she opened her beak wide to utter her loudest caw, and down fell the cheese straight into the fox's open mouth, thank you, said master fox sweetly, as he walked off, though it is cracked, you had a voice sure enough, but where are your wits, the flatterer lives at the expense of those who will listen to him, the ass and its shadow a traveler had hired an ass to carry him to a distant part of the country. The owner of the ass went with the traveler, walking beside him to drive the ass and point out the way. The road led across a treeless plain where the sun beat down fiercely. So intense did the heat become, that the traveler at last decided to stop for a rest, and as there was no other shade to be found, the traveler sat down in the shadow of the ass. Now the heat had affected the driver as much as it had the traveler and even more, for he had been walking, wishing also to rest in the shade cast by the ass. He began to quarrel with the traveler, saying he had hired the ass and not the shadow it cast. The two soon came to blows, and while they were fighting, the ass took to its heels. In quarreling about the shadow we often lose the substance. The miller, his son, and the ass one day, a long time ago, an old miller and his son were on their way to market with an ass which they hoped to sell. They drove him very slowly, for they thought they would have a better chance to sell him if they kept him in good condition. As they walked along the highway some travelers laughed loudly at them. What foolishness, cried one, to walk when they might as well ride. The most stupid of the three is not the one you would expect it to be. The miller did not like to be laughed at, so he told his son to climb up and ride. 
They had gone a little farther along the road, when three merchants passed by. Oh ho! What have we here? They cried. Respect old age, young man, get down, and let the old man ride. Though the miller was not tired, he made the boy get down and climbed up himself to ride, just to please the merchants. At the next turnstile they overtook some women carrying market baskets loaded with vegetables and other things to sell. Look at the old fool, exclaimed one of them, perched on the ass. While that poor boy has to walk, the miller felt a bit vexed, but to be agreeable he told the boy to climb up behind him. They had no sooner started out again than a loud shout went up from another company of people on the road. What a crime, cried one, to load up a poor dumb beast like that. They look more able to carry the poor creature, than he to carry them. They must be on their way to sell the poor thing's hide, said another. The miller and his son quickly scrambled down, and a short time later, the marketplace was thrown into an uproar as the two came along carrying the donkey slung from a pole. A great crowd of people ran out to get a closer look at the strange sight. The ass did not dislike being carried, but so many people came up to point at him and laugh and shout, that he began to kick and bray. And then, just as they were crossing a bridge, the ropes that held him gave way, and down he tumbled into the river. The poor miller now set out sadly for home, by trying to please everybody. He had pleased nobody, and lost his ass besides. If you tried to please all, you please none. The ant and the dove dove saw an ant fall into a brook. The ant struggled in vain to reach the bank, and in pity, the dove dropped a blade of straw close beside it clinging to the straw like a shipwrecked sailor to a broken spar. The ant floated safely to shore. Soon after, the ant saw a man getting ready to kill the dove with a stone, but just as he cast the stone, the ant stung him in the heel, so that the pain made him miss his aim, and the startled dove flew to safety in a distant wood. A kindness is never wasted. The man and the satyr a long time ago a man met a satyr in the forest and succeeded in making friends with him. The two soon became the best of comrades living together in the man's hut, but one cold winter evening, as they were walking homeward, the satyr saw the man blow on his fingers, why do you do that, asked the satyr, to warm my hands, the man replied, when they reached home the man prepared two bowls of porridge, these he placed steaming hot on the table, and the comrades sat down very cheerfully to enjoy the meal, but much to the satyr's surprise, the man began to blow into his bowl of porridge, why do you do that, he asked, to cool my porridge, replied the man, the satyr sprang hurriedly to his feet and made for the door, goodbye, he said, I've seen enough, a fellow that blows hot and cold in the same breath cannot be friends with me, the man who talks for both sides is not to be trusted by either, the wolf, the kid, and the goat mother goat was going to market one morning to get provisions for her household, which consisted of but one little kid and herself, take good care of the house, my son, she said to the kid, as she carefully latched the door, Do not let anyone in unless he gives you this password, down with the wolf and all his race. Strangely enough, a wolf was lurking near and heard what the goat had said. So, as soon as mother goat was out of sight, up he trotted to the door and knocked, Down with the wolf and all his race, said the wolf softly. It was the right password, but when the kid peeped through a crack in the door and saw the shadowy figure outside, he did not feel at all easy. Show me a white paw, he said, or I won't let you in. A white paw, of course, is a feature few wolves can show. And so Master Wolf had to go away as hungry as he had come. You can never be too sure, said the kid. 
when he saw the wolf making off to the woods, two sureties are better than one. The swallow and the crow the swallow and the crow had an argument one day about their plumage. Said the swallow, just look at my bright and downy feathers. Your black stiff quills are not worth having. Why don't you dress better? Show a little pride. Your feathers may do very well in spring, replied the crow. But I don't remember ever having seen you around in winter. And that's when I enjoy myself most. Friends in fine weather only, are not worth much. Jupiter and the monkey there was once a baby show among the animals in the forest. Jupiter provided the prize. Of course all the proud mamas from far and near brought their babies. But none got there earlier than mother monkey. Proudly she presented her baby among the other contestants. As you can imagine, there was quite a laugh when the animals saw the ugly flat-nosed, hairless, pop-ed little creature. Laugh if you will, said the mother monkey. Though Jupiter may not give him the prize, I know that he is the prettiest, the sweetest, the dearest darling in the world. Mother love is blind. The lion, the ass, and the fox a lion, an ass, and a fox were hunting in company, and caught a large quantity of game. The ass was asked to divide the spoil. This he did very fairly, giving each an equal share. The fox was well satisfied, but the lion flew into a great rage over it, and with one stroke of his huge paw, he added the ass to the pile of slain. Then he turned to the fox. You divide it, he roared angrily. The fox wasted no time in talking. He quickly piled all the game into one great heap. From this he took a very small portion for himself. Such undesirable bits as the horns and hoofs of a mountain goat and the end of an ox tail. The lion now recovered his good humor entirely. Who taught you to divide so fairly? He asked pleasantly. I learned a lesson from the ass, replied the fox, carefully edging away. Learn from the misfortunes of others. The lion's share a long time ago. The lion, the fox, the jackal, and the wolf agreed to go hunting together, sharing with each other whatever they found. One day the wolf ran down a stag and immediately called his comrades to divide the spoil. Without being asked, the lion placed himself at the head of the feast to do the carving, and, with a great show of fairness, began to count the guests. One, he said, counting on his claws, that is myself the lion. Two, that's the wolf. Three, is the jackal, and the fox makes four. He then very carefully divided the stag into four equal parts. I am him lion, he said when he had finished. So of course I get the first part. This next part falls to me because I am the strongest, and this is mine because I am the bravest. He now began to glare at the others very savagely. If any of you have any claim to the part that is left, he growled, stretching his claws meaningly. Now is the time to speak up. Might makes right. The mole and his mother a little mole once said to his mother, Why, mother, you said I was blind, but I am sure I can see. Mother Mole saw she would have to get such conceit out of his head, so she put a bit of frankincense before him and asked him to tell what it was. The little mole peered at it. Why, that's a pebble. Well, my son, that proves you've lost your sense of smell as well as being blind. Boast of one thing and you will be found lacking in that and a few other things as well. The North Wind and the Sun The North Wind and the Sun had a quarrel about which of them was the stronger, while they were disputing with much heat and bluster. A traveler passed along the road wrapped in a cloak. Let us agree, said the Sunday, that he is the stronger who can strip that traveler of his cloak. Very well, growled the north wind, and at once sent a cold, howling blast against the traveler. With the first gust of wind the ends of the cloak whipped about the traveler's body, but he immediately wrapped it closely around him, 
and the harder the wind blew, the tighter he held it to him. The north wind tore angrily at the cloak, but all his efforts were in vain. Then the sun began to shine. At first his beams were gentle, and in the pleasant warmth after the bitter cold of the north wind, the traveler unfastened his cloak and let it hang loosely from his shoulders. The sun's rays grew warmer and warmer. The man took off his cap and mopped his brow. At last he became so heated that he pulled off his cloak, and, to escape the blazing sunshine, threw himself down in the welcome shade of a tree by the roadside. Gentleness and kind persuasion win where force and bluster fail. The hare and his ears the lion had been badly hurt by the horns of a goat, which he was eating. He was very angry to think that any animal that he chose for a meal, should be so brazen as to wear such dangerous things as horns to scratch him while he ate. So he commanded that all animals with horns should leave his domains within twenty-four hours. The command struck terror among the beasts. All those who were so unfortunate as to have horns, began to pack up and move out. Even the hare, who, as you know, has no horns and so had nothing to fear, passed a very restless night, dreaming awful dreams about the fearful lion. And when he came out of the warren in the early morning sunshine, and there saw the shadow cast by his long and blonde ears, a terrible fright seized him. Goodbye, neighbor Cricket, he called. I'm off. He will certainly make out that my ears are horns. No matter what I say, do not give your enemies the slightest reason to attack your reputation. Your enemies will seize any excuse to attack you. The wolves and the sheep a pack of wolves lurked near the sheep pasture, but the dogs kept them all at a respectful distance, and the sheep grazed in perfect safety. But now the wolves thought of a plan to trick the sheep. Why is there always this hostility between us? They said, if it were not for those dogs who are always stirring up trouble, I am sure we should get along beautifully. Send them away and you will see what good friends we shall become. The sheep were easily fooled. They persuaded the dogs to go away. And that very evening the wolves had the grandest feast of their lives. Do not give up friends for foes. The cock and the fox a fox was caught in a trap one fine morning because he had got too near the farmer's hen house. No doubt he was hungry, but that was not an excuse for stealing. A cock, rising early, discovered what had happened. He knew the fox could not get at him, so he went a little closer to get a good look at his enemy. The fox saw a slender chance of escape. Dear friend, he said, I was just on my way to visit a sick relative, when I stumbled into the string and got all tangled up. But please do not tell anybody about it. I dislike causing sorrow to anybody, and I am sure I can soon gnaw this string to pieces, but the cock was not to be so easily fooled, he soon roused the whole hen yard, and when the farmer came running out, that was the end of Mr. Fox, the wicked deserved no aid, the ass in the lion's skin an ass found a lion's skin left in the forest by a hunter, he dressed himself in it, and amused himself by hiding in a thicket and rushing out suddenly at the animals who passed that way. All took to their heels the moment they saw him. The ass was so pleased to see the animals running away from him, just as if he were pin lion himself, that he could not keep from expressing his delight by a loud, harsh bray. A fox, who ran with the rest, stopped short as soon as he heard the voice approaching the ass. He said with a laugh, If you had kept your mouth shut, you might have frightened me, too. But you gave yourself away with that silly bray. A fool may deceive by his dress and appearance, but his words will soon show what he really is. The fisherman and the little fish a poor fisherman, who lived on the fish he caught, had bad luck one day and caught nothing but a very small fry. 
The fisherman was about to put it in his basket when the little fish said, Please spare me. Mr. Fisherman, I am so small it is not worthwhile to carry me home. When I am bigger, I shall make you a much better meal. But the fisherman quickly put the fish into his basket. How foolish I should be, he said, to throw you back. However small you may be, you are better than nothing at all. A small gain is worth more than a large promise. The fighting cocks and the eagle once there were two cocks living in the same farmyard who could not bear the sight of each other. At last one day they flew up to fight it out. Beak and claw. They fought until one of them was beaten and crawled off to a corner to hide. The cock that had won the battle flew to the top of the hen house, and, proudly flapping his wings, crowed with all his might to tell the world about his victory. But an eagle, circling overhead, heard the boasting shanically rant, swooping down, carried him off to his nest. His rival saw the deed, and coming out of his corner, took his place as master of the farmyard. Pride goes before a fall.